another edition of the Daily Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Trip, joined as always by fellow host Evan at the Daily Wolves at Not D Wolves. And if you haven't already, the man of the hour, Rudy Gobert, we have a special giveaway. Check both our socials for how to enter, uh, giving away a really cool Rudy Gobert jersey. And certainly feel free to enter before 5 p.m. Central today to be eligible. Thank you all for tuning in. Speaking of Rudy Gobert, I feel like we almost have to start there, right? I mean, the way he's playing, I don't know about you, but I certainly I certainly miss Walker Kessler. I don't even know who Walker Kessler is, man. So I have no idea who you're, who you're talking about at this point. But all I know is that Rudy Gobert right now is leading the team in win shares. He's taken the leap. He's probably the most valuable player of the season for the Timberwolves. Yes, a lot of people listening are probably thinking, what about Anthony Edwards? Maybe what about Carl Anthony Towns? But Rudy Gobert has been probably the Timberwolves' most valuable player this season. What he's done uh, as a leader, just probably in the locker room, uh, being there. I tweeted out a video. He comes in the locker room, and everyone's just like respecting him, chanting Rudy. He had a standing ovation at Target Center, so the fans are coming around. And just really seeing his impact, I think guys are believing him. This is the player that when he got traded that they wanted to see. And now that they have they have the physical proof in the locker room that Rudy Gobert is that special and they see it, he's earned the respect of the guys in there. And then on top of that, he's just playing so, so incredibly impactful on the defensive end. And he's even, um, you know, his offensive game is finally coming back around. Last year, I felt like they asked Rudy Gobert trip to do too much. They asked him to kind of, you know, post up and they and they wanted to expand his offensive game. But now they've really just said, let's simplify it. Let's go back to what you're good at and let's let you just finish around the rim and just get dunks, lobs, easy, easy points. And uh, I think that's where you're seeing Rudy Gobert's efficiency go back up on the offensive end as well mm-hmm. as being a great defender, man. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's a two-parter. Look, I mean, what I would say here is like I, I respect to KG one of I mean one of the greatest to ever do it of course the best Timberwolf of all time right but um, mm-hmm. I was so young during the KG era I think it's important I preface that before I make this statement so um, I know KG is the, the fucking goat I am very clear on that I just have to preface that before saying I was too young to really comprehend the impact he had on basketball um, and on the Timberwolves roster so when I say this I, I've never seen a player in a Timberwolves uniform, impact a defense in a way Rudy Gobert does. Everything he does makes everyone better at defense. Cat, you wonder why he's looking pretty solid defensively this year? I mean, he's improved. It's Everything seems to gel defensively. Rudy can play at the top of the key, which many people wondered if he could do, which to me feels more like a, hey, I don't, I didn't watch the Utah Jazz thing versus really and just kind of throwing him in the seven-foot category um, of a tall guy that, from a defender standpoint. But he does it all. He can get to the, to the perimeter. He can do everything. Anything you ask him to do defensively, he makes the guy next to him better. And offensively, he's just in his bag. Everything is clicking. His confidence appears. I mean, I feel like he's yeah. always been a pretty confident guy. He's been a multi-time defensive player of the year. He's one of the best defensive players of all time. But it just feels like everything he's doing is going well. His efficiency offensively, I don't need to hit on defense too much more because we know what he is there. But offensively, his efficiency is through the roof. If you're looking at his splits, yeah, maybe on a given night you see he only scored 12 points. We'll go ahead and look at how many shots that was attempted on. What was it? You know, it could be five or six or whatever. I'm not doing the math in my head. But point being, he's efficient. He's effective. Everything he's doing is clicking. And he just seems confident. And I tie that back to, you know, over the past few years, 
you know, under kind of, you know, previous front offices, et cetera. We had heard, you know, there's always been good talent here in recent years, but you know, certainly with the Jimmy Butler area, era, you know, the D'Lo era, there was a lot of kind of questions around, hey, or, or things we've heard, whispers we've heard of, you know, maybe not everyone being the best of friends in the locker room. Well, this group really feels like a unified bunch, and it truly just feels like, you know, yeah, sure, maybe they're not all best friends, but it really feels like a group of people who enjoy working together, and, and, it, and it, 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 that, that's the type of impact that shows on the court. Yeah, and I think we, we had heard things that Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns had been texting in the offseason. They text all the time. They talk about mm-hmm. how they can be great together. And I was skeptical. People were skeptical. Are they just saying that? Is that just something players say, right? Mm-hmm. But what, what I'm seeing this season, trip, it seems legit. Because what you saw is Carl Anthony Towns take a step defensively this year. Yep. And I don't think that's just out of the fluke, out of the blue. Mm-hmm. I think Rudy Gobert's a big part of that. I think he's helped Carl Anthony Towns more than we ever know. I think he's helped Anthony Edwards more than we'll ever know become those players and Jaden McDaniels and how to really defend and become uh, not just a defender late game at, at the last second or maybe not just an all um, on-ball defender, but starting to really understand how to play just defense in general and how all these little things matter. Showing these young guys, too, that habits you develop carry over to games and how they're just all these things are overlooked and i think rudy's really shown them how all these things don't always show up on the stat sheet that you're going to be doing but how impactful they are to your team winning and that's what he's really done because the timberwolves are the number one defense in the nba right now they've had it for most of the year they're just incredible out there and if a guy when you have a guy like Gobert back there where if you get beat at the point of attack, you know that you have backup. You know that there's a guy back there to cover your ass like Rudy Gobert. That's incredible because what I'm noticing is players driving to the hoop and they think about it. In a normal player's trip, they're going to put up a floater or go in for the basket, even if it's contested. But with Rudy Gobert there, you're seeing every single game. If you tune in, that players are second-guessing themselves and then they're kicking it back out, which is forcing contested or harder uh, jump shots. Players are missing. Therefore, uh, you know, Minnesota gets the rebound, and there you go. That's really a recipe of success. And Minnesota is just playing absolutely crazy right now. Rudy Gobert has been awesome. And then there's other players that have been good too this year, man. I mean, there's a guy on the bench who we got to go into next because I've been watching him ever since he's got his shot, really shine. And that's going to be Troy Brown Jr., who's starting to become a fan favorite. I'm seeing him, his name mentioned everywhere on social media that fans are starting to really love this guy. And um, rightfully so, man. He played for the Lakers last year, for those who don't know. I had some people hitting me up, messaging me, like, who is this guy? Where did we find him? Like, <laughs> they, they didn't even know who he was. And Troy Brown Jr. played for the Lakers last year, who went to the Western Conference Finals. He was a big part. Uh, in their starting lineup when they made the run. And so you, you have that, like, playoff experience. He's a young player, Trip. He's, you know, he fits the timeline uh, of the younger guys. He can he can grow up with them a little bit. But he's still kind of a veteran player on that 26 uh, age group. So he's kind of entering the prime of his career. But, you know, Troy Brown Jr., a lot was said when he kind of came in. He was said to be a similar player to what Torian Prince did. But mm-hmm. what have we seen, Trip, out of Troy Brown Jr. that that might lean you towards either Torian being the right fit 
or uh, Troy Brown being the right decision? Yeah, I mean, I would. It's it's a the funny thing is is like there's absolutely no question the NBA is a star league. You you have to have stars to be successful. But then to take it a second layer beyond that, and, and the funny thing is, is the Timberwolves have three stars, so can't make that up. It's as good as it gets. But to that point, yeah, you have the stars. So what? What else? You have to have a bench piece and bench uh, a a depth of players that can support the stars and the cast and. The Troy Brown Jr. effect is a, is a perfect example of that. That's the guy that Tim Conley targeted, brought him in on a incredibly appropriate you know, uh, kind of healthy contract, right? In terms of doesn't uh-huh. hurt the uh, doesn't hurt the team's wallet at all. But what he's done is he's proven to be a guy that can come in off the bench, get you twelve, get you fifteen plus on any given night. Whatever you need out of him, he's got a great looking shot. It's starting to really go in. There's no question the mechanics look good. Everything he does, it looks great. And you need guys like that to be successful. Yes, we have three stars, but you need depth. The Timberwolves have it. Tim Conley had a hell of an offseason, and it starts right there with Troy Brown Jr. as a guy that, again, you know, kind of a sneaky signing. No one, It was like, oh, cool, Troy Brown Jr., he's solid. He had some good moments for the Lakers, to your point. But this is a guy that, like you mentioned, he's younger and – He's not going to cost you a fortune long term. It's a type of piece on the bench that like, you know, I give credit to like, a, you know, Rosas. He, had, he did a good job of identifying young depth pieces that could help you uh, on a cost controlled, you know, team friendly deal in a sense. Maybe not team friendly, but more of a cost controlled, you know, they're not going to cost you the arm and the leg, but they can really help your team in the long term. And I feel like Troy Brown Jr., it's small sample size. But if he keeps this up, it's proving to be a guy that can really help this team long term. It's crazy because, like, what is Tim Conley really doing since he's been here? What I've noticed is he takes these little gambles on these players, mm-hmm. and he looks for guys that really haven't had a home. And, guy, and, and like, you look at Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Right. That's a perfect example. Didn't really have a home, bounced around to a few different teams, couldn't find his – you know, his place in the NBA where he really earned it. And then he comes to Minnesota and now he's thriving and any playoff team would go after Nikhil Alexander-Walker if he was to somehow just be available right now because anyone could use him. Now all the teams see his value because Nikhil has found his spot in Minnesota and really thrived. Troy Brown Jr. is very similar to me, Trip. Like Troy Brown Jr. has bounced around between the Wizards and, and the Lakers and you know, he's been around to just different teams. I think he's played for the Bulls at some point. Like he's bounced around, even though he's only been in the league here six or seven years or something, he's been on like three, four, five different teams. He just doesn't seem to find that exact fit. But now all of a sudden there's that upside again, where he's Tim Conley goes up and finds a younger player who fits the mold of what they kind of need. And you need those guys who are going to be on cheaper contracts who are good role players and they're going to play with your stars in the future because the Wolves are going to you know, have to pay Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, or Rudy Gobert, and now they have Nas Reed signed on a bigger deal. So you have a massive payroll, and so you need to find these hidden gems like a Nikhil Alexander-Walker signing on for that bargain of $9 million this offseason. And now you have a guy, another guy like Troy Brown Jr., that potentially could you know, if he keeps playing this well, be another hidden gem and find his home in Minnesota. And it's just another guy with that fits their personalities, their roster. That's a thing that you really need. And he's a, you know, he's another guy who's a shooter, a three and D player. Uh, that's exactly what a playoff team needs. 
So it, it's been great watching him get his playing time. And um, as weird as it sounds, Trip, it probably wouldn't have came if Jaden McDaniels didn't have that injury, really. So Jaden might come back, and now Troy Jr. might be healthy. And all of a sudden, you're looking at maybe taking Shake Milton out of the lineup, who's been not having the best play this year. And Minnesota probably improves a lot from just having that. So what's next? I mean, what are you looking for as this, you know, obviously best record in the NBA, best defense in the NBA, three uh-huh. stars, a deep roster, a great coach, a good, a great front office. Like, what, what are you looking for the next, I don't know, 30, 30, 45 days, you know, 30, 40, you know, 30, 45 days or so, call it. Well, I think like the next 10 games or so, the Timberwolves play teams that are above 500, really good, really good teams. They're entering mm-hmm. in one of the hardest points in their schedule. Uh, so what you're looking for in the next month or so is uh, can Minnesota really continue to hang? Are they like now that we've tested them a little bit, battle tested, they played good teams like the Celtics, like the Nuggets, beat OKC, uh, beat mm-hmm. Philly. Yes, they didn't have Joel Embiid, but they still beat Philly. Um, all these different things. Now you're going to see can they continue to do this? And then you're going to have guys coming back like Jaden McDaniels. So what um, – Obviously, we know Jaden's impact, but when he comes back, the lineup switches a little. Edwards is dealing with some injury stuff right now. How long yeah. does that last? It's not probably, like, incredibly serious, but, you know, Anthony Edwards not being fully healthy. I, I think they kind of have, you know, a little uphill battle, and then you have guys like Jordan McLaughlin coming back, so it's figuring out uh, him, Shake Milton. There are going to be a little little things in there, so I'm just looking for the next games. Like, what does how does Minnesota really handle this? Um, and then – can they really continue this run? Because right now what I'm saying is it doesn't matter when guys like um, Anthony Edwards don't play for a game. This team is so deep and they're playing such a cohesive uh, way of basketball right now that they're still finding a way to win. There's still, there's always some player stepping up. And so I'm just curious to see, can this really continue? Can the bench continue to play well? And then can we still see, the defense maintain this level uh, against these really good teams because if they do it in this run, you're looking at a team trip that that is going to finish top three in the West if they have a really good – they make it through this gauntlet with a pretty good record here. It's well said. And one thing I think we'll tease for next time that I think um, is something to think of, and you all are going to probably scoff at me as I say this and laugh at me and think I'm an idiot, which, hey, it's totally fair. But – you know, roster management 101, always consider your options out there. I'd be curious, Evan, and maybe this is something we'll dive into next to next time, I think, but something to consider. Uh-huh. I mean, are you do, you do you consider adding to this roster? Or do you just trust kind of what you have? Or do you look at maybe adding a, a, you know, a, a an additional point guard or a ball handler? Or where, where, I mean, obviously, it's something that you have to consider at all times, right? That's what great teams do. They yeah. always look to get better. So it's something I think we could touch on next time. Yeah, we can definitely touch on that next time. If I was going to give my mild take on that, I won't go into depth. I would say a point guard, a backup point guard is, is what Minnesota should be looking at the next, you know, handful of days like we talked about as well. How does J-Mac being back, how does he look? What changes when he plays? How, how does he look with the guys? Does Shake had a great game uh, the other night after Jordan McLaughlin was coming back, Did you know, we can make jokes, but did, did Shake see that he's coming back and then kind of realize he's got a, you know, he's playing for his job? I don't know, but that's something they have to figure out. And I think that's something the team needs 
And so that's something that we can talk about more in depth next time, but that's where I would lean if, if we were talking about it. Totally fair. Um, yeah. Can't thank you guys all enough for listening today. Uh, let's keep these rolling, Evan. Uh, you know, obviously the daily wolves on Twitter at not D Wolfson, obviously check both of our accounts, got that special giveaway that ends at correct me if I'm wrong, 5 PM central, really mm-hmm. cool Jersey we're giving away. So definitely check out very easy to enter that contest. Obviously Evan does quite a few of those and they're always, super high engagement and really cool opportunity to engage with you guys and can't thank you all enough for the support, but definitely follow us both on Twitter and thanks for listening. I'll kick it over to Evan to say his goodbyes. Cause he loves to do that. Sure thing. Uh, 17 and four right now, first in the West for the Timberwolves. Uh, next game, we have the Pelicans. So that should be a very uh, good game. It's on the road and uh, you're going to probably see Zion this time because we haven't seen him in the first couple games this year, and now I believe C.J. McCollum's back. So that should be a really good test for the Timberwolves. I think Trey Murphy Jr. might be back. Uh, and then on Thursday, it doesn't really get too much easier because you face Dallas on the road again, but the other day Kyrie Irving hurt his uh, ankle, I believe. Somebody fell on it or knee, and Kyrie Irving, uh, was said to have left the arena in a wheelchair last night. Not sure how serious that is because he did try to walk off the court. But if the Mavericks are down Kyrie Irving, um, you know, just look for that. They could be down uh, Irving, which would be obviously be good for Minnesota in the factor of, of just not having to play against him. But you never want to see a player get hurt trip. But um, nonetheless, you have to play what's in front of you, right? Other Absolutely. than that, I don't really have anything else to add. Uh, it's been great having you on trip as always, man. And uh, for the followers on here, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, always enter the giveaways. You never know if you're going to win. And until next time, uh, go Wolves. Go Wolves.